You are listening to Get Real Podcast. So for me, coming out of the desert, one of the things that's become more and more apparent to me is the sovereignty of God and seeing that every day. You see it more and more when you become more aware of it. Sometimes you have to look back and be like, oh yeah, I see where God was sovereign in that. But sometimes it's right there in your face. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that became so apparent with God's sovereignty is when I went to Florida. That was a good trip. It was a Wow, what a trip. That was a trip that I wasn't even thinking about going on and had no idea where the money was going to come from. And I've shared that with our listeners before, and I got a bonus at work that allowed that trip to happen. And we got down there, and despite the tropical storm that hit the night before, uh, it happened. And the fruit that came out of that trip, it wasn't exactly the fruit that I was expecting when I went down there, but the fruit has just been amazing. And I had the opportunity to meet two very wonderful people, Jessica and Javier Pons, while we were in line waiting to get into the venue in the VIP line to go meet Delane, Amorphous, and Annika. And this is one of those days that I am very appreciative of my mother's advice to wear clean clothes and look nice because you never know who you're going to meet. (laughs) I was standing there, I was interviewing people for the podcast and i started to interview jessica and javier and it was jess and javier they said to me hey we have a band too i was like okay and i get that a lot you know like hey i got a band and sometimes it's like "Eh, whatever that's nice okay wild style yeah (laughs) (laughs) so they gave me their card uh their download card and i checked out their band and my mouth just dropped to the floor i was like i had no idea this is who i was talking to in line and just the when i was with them i just felt i was like there's something different about them there's just really something different there there was a resonance i'm going to use that word there was a resonance so i want to share that resonance with our listeners today and some some of you have probably already heard jessica in the background we have jessica and javier pons on the line from the band Red Calling. Guys, welcome to the Get Real yes. Podcast. Welcome. Hi. Hey, <laughs> Thank what's you. up? What's up? How are Thank you guys? Doing, How you doing good. Thanks. Doing good. We are quarantined in our studio right now. <laughs> <laughs> We've got people. This, this is crazy. This is very crazy. <laughs> it the world is insane. So the good news for us though is that people while they're home, not at work, they can binge on the Get Real Podcast and find out about red calling and listen to red calling all day and all night so how are you guys doing how are you guys doing down there in florida man it's crazy man i went to the grocery store this morning and people are going nuts what were they out of toilet paper we are out of toilet paper we got some of the house (laughs) yeah we're Whoever whoever comes up with the best comment for this video or podcast gets a free roll. <laughs> free roll of toilet paper. <laughs> so, so very nice giveaway. I am going to have to uh, run to the bathroom real quick and sneak one out and stick it in the prize closet so my wife doesn't find it. So reserve. That's what we'll do. Yeah. yeah pr- best title for this giveaway. The toilet paper giveaway. Whoever and you can email us at lithoscry l i t h o s c r y at gmail.com for a free roll of toilet paper. Yeah. On the previous podcast, Glenn and I were kind of 
kind of going through all the different spiritual and human psychological dynamics that would produce the great toilet paper panic. I don't I don't think that's going to save you from the coronavirus. Well, it could be the anxiety ups the IBS a little bit. I don't I don't know. I really don't know. Guys, I mean, it's been since October since I've talked to you. Uh, We've been messaging back and forth and it's just been wonderful to see what God's been doing in your lives and what's been unfolding there. But for our listeners who are not familiar with red calling, but will be by the end of this podcast, can you describe to our listeners your style of music? Yeah, we're basically a hard rock, a hard rock band. Uh, we have a lot of metal influences, um, even electronic elements from you know different, band, different bands we like. Uh, it, but it's it's basically high rock. We are a very diverse diverse band. Like all of us have different taste in music, so you know, which is a good thing because you know everybody brings something to the different to the to the table. You know, so like she said, we go from high rock to electronic music. We have some songs that are super heavy. Then we'll you know then the next song might be something soft and electronic or. You know, we, we, we just don't like to repeat the same song twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, you like to add the diversity there. So talking about influences and different musical genres that you all like, Javier, I really see you as a Barry Manilow fan. Am I am I correct in that? Or am I off off the mark? <laughs> no, man, you got it absolutely right. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so who are who are some of your influences and what kind of music do you yeah. like? Man, I'm an I'm an '90s kid, man. Like I grew up listening to Corn. That's my biggest influence. Even though we don't, we we try not to sound like any other band out there. But you know, I'm not gonna hide the fact that there there were a big influence. You know, growing up. So anything heavy from the '90s, Corn. I listen to a lot of Deftones. And as far as newer bands, dude, there's this band that I like. I mean, they're not new, but they're a bit newer. They're called uh, Architects. And they are just amazing. So, you know, those are some of my influences. How about you, Jess? Oh, well, uh, I'm a nice kid, too, but I listened um, uh, more like melodic stuff. I, I used to be a huge fan of uh, Radiohead. Okay. So all the, yeah, all the melodic stuff you hear in our music, it, it's heavily influenced by them. Mm-hmm. The electronic elements as well. I love Lacuna Coil. They're from Italy. They're a great metal band Linkin Park our drummer he's a he's a huge fan of Alter Bridge we like Trice they're they're a pretty cool band as well those are basically uh the bands that have influenced our music I've been a big Lacuna Coil fan for many years now their music yeah. is just amazing amazing yeah and, and she's uh, I got the chance to meet her uh oh, wow. two years ago yeah two years ago in Orlando she's so down to earth she's so humble you know i i even took a picture with her she's a she's a really cool person that is really neat they've made their way to charleston south carolina here at the music farm everyone lost (laughs) i know every once in a while in charleston south carolina you'll get a good band a really good band that comes through and it was neat for me because that was the time that i was basically in the spiritual desert and i was listening to a lot of lacuna coil and i was in the gym working out and I heard a radio ad that Lacuna Coil was going to be playing at the music farm in Charleston. I was like, I am so there. Did and you go? Yes, I did. Oh, oh I was, yeah. I was there. They opened for All That Remains, and that oh. was nice. Oh, ho, ho, what a show! And then, man, they, that must have been a good 
Goose Show. Oh, and that's a small venue. That's an intimate. Yeah, very intimate venue. It was awesome. And then I saw them again in Myrtle Beach, which which is about what two hours away from here. Yeah. I uh, saw them at the House of Blues in Myrtle Beach, and they opened up for Five Finger Death Punch. Every time I've seen Lacuna Coil, just the energy that they bring. Uh, on the stage it's just been absolutely phenomenal and then they played at rock fest here in charleston uh the 98 rock fest uh, they were one of the primary bands and i was just totally blown away every time they put on a performance she seems like just a really really down-to-earth nice nice lady yes really nice. yeah she is we do these interviews and a lot of the bands that we i'd say 90 percent of the bands that we've interviewed dan it's a husband and wife duo yeah and that's what we have here with Red Calling. Yeah. <laughs> Which came first for you guys, the romance or, or the music, or did it all come together at the same time? Yeah, it was the music. Yeah, it was music, it was, yeah. It was music first, man. Yeah. Javier didn't wake up one morning saying, hey, Jess, we're going to start a metal band today. Let's go out in the garage and get this thing started. I got an idea after I get done with the lawn. <laughs> no. So it was the music no, first. Have... So how did you guys come about? Give us the scoop. Well, the, the two of us were part of an old music band. It was... um. It had nothing to do with rock music. It had nothing to do with metal. It was like a it was a Latin music band. So this was um was it a seven piece, Jessica, or was it an eight piece? I think it was seven piece. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a seven piece. But you know, we were the rockers in that band. But then when that band didn't work out and it dismembered, so we're like, what do we do now? Like we don't want we don't want to stop making music. So we look at each other. We're like, all right, you know, we'll just form a newer band. And also my brother, the bass player, you know, our bass player for Red Calling, he was also involved in that band. So it was actually the three of us. We're like, what what do we do now? And we're like, all right, let's let's play what we always wanted to play, which is, you know, heavier music. So that's how we started. Out of that band that that dismembered, then, you know, we we started pretty much a, another project, which is, you know, Red Calling now. Yeah, that was back in 2010, 2010. Okay, yeah. so you've been around for about... 10 years 10 now. years wow, yeah, a decade. Ten, yeah it was our 10th anniversary last month in february yeah. oh congratulations yeah. oh that's and neat. it's and it's gonna be our 10th uh, marriage anniversary on october so we got married like six months after we started the band <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean we started we started writing music we started writing music and you know hanging out and one you know then it happened man i mean that's how that, i believe that's how god works man like yeah. he'll send yeah. you He'll send you someone, he'll send you the right person, he'll send you the right friend, you know, business partner or whatever at the, you know, at the weirdest time. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's very unexpected. Yeah. You guys complement each other so well, not just musically, but when I was standing in line, I thoroughly enjoyed, that was one of the few times I've thoroughly enjoyed standing in a line. <laughs> waiting for something <laughs> we had a good, we had a good time. Yeah. We had a really good time and the energy that you guys had and just the the radiance from both of you while we were we're talking and even my wife deb she just had a blast standing in line waiting to to get into the venue in the wind and the rain that was outside that remained from the storm that came through so red yeah. calling what sparked that name what does it mean well red is a passionate color you know it uh, represents passion and uh calling we all have a call in our life you know calling in our life and and ours is music and that that's basically um definition of, of red calling very unique name i like that yeah 
Now, Jess, you do vocals, you play guitar, and you play keyboards. Where, when, and how did this musical journey begin? That's a lot of instruments and a lot of talent. Yeah, well, I started when I was four years old. Well, actually, at the very beginning, I was, I was like three years old. I was banging pots and pans on my mom's <laughs> kitchen. <laughs> you you ought to bring those out at the next show. And I, <laughs> I, wanted to be, I wanted to be a drummer, and I actually asked Santa for a drum set. And all I got was like a, a bongo set, you know, like a conga set. <laughs> if you need to discuss that in therapy, yeah. we can sit down and talk about that. <laughs> oh. I was very disappointed. I was like, what is this? I wanted a drum set. And then I started playing like a ukulele. It's like a four string in- instrument. It's called cuatro, which is four in Spanish. And that was, I was four years old. And uh, I learned how to play piano when I was like six years old. And I grabbed the guitar, an acoustic guitar, when I was 14. And uh, singing, I've always liked to know, you know, I've been singing all my life. So it was, it was since I was born, you know, it was in me, it was within me. So the piano lessons, did you go to like structured piano lessons or was that something that you just learned on your own or you had a family member that taught you? Uh, I, I took lessons. Yeah, I had a, a great teacher. Uh, I took uh, guitar lessons and piano lessons and some uh, vocal lessons too. So I, I got the chance to learn, you know, here and there with uh, with some professionals. But it wasn't, you know, I wasn't very consistent. Uh, you know how rockers are, you know. <laughs> the, total <laughs> so, total yeah. consistency, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Javier, how about you with the guitar? Playing guitar for me started when I was 12, man. I back back where i'm from uh, i i remember walking down the street as a kid and there was this guy that had a music band down you know down the block and i was walking i remember listening to an electric guitar for the first time and i was like what is that like what what is that sound i really like it so you know i i approach them and as i as i'm getting closer to their house you know i i see them jamming and dude it was at that moment i i automatically fell in love with the electric guitar. Like it was at that moment I knew I was like, I don't know what that is, but I want to do it forever. <laughs> like I want to know what that is and just get me one. And I just want to make sure that I, whatever I do, I'm always doing it. So what was your first electric guitar then? Man, it was a, it was a very off brand guitar. <laughs> so, so <laughs> yeah, I, it was a uh, Biscayne guitars. <laughs> like I, I have actually Googled them and they don't even exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> My grandma bought it for me. So, so I was like, grandma gave me an electric guitar. So for about a month, man, I was on her ear about getting me a, both her and my mom, but in, my mom, my grandma ended up buying it for me because I was, I was just on their ear, man, 24 seven for two months, <laughs> buy me a guitar, buy me a guitar. So they fin- finally took me to get one and I grabbed it and I go home. And I was like, why is there no sound coming out of this? Because I didn't know that you needed it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Right, but check this out. Then I learned that uh, I had an old stereo. I had an old stereo that had the same hole that the guitar has. I was like, I wonder if I get a cable, <laughs> you know, I can plug to my stereo. Remember, this is, this is Central America. So it's not like things were very accessible. Like here, you're like, oh, I'm just gonna go and grab a grab a um, go to guitar center and buy me a cable. You know, there's there's certain challenges growing in you know in in another country where buying a guitar cable is is, is difficult. But anyways, I go and I buy the cable, and it's you know, then I go home and I'm, I realize I get I got the wrong cable. Oh. So then it took me 
it took me about five months after getting my guitar that I could get sound out of it. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> that's so sad. You know what? Right. We do have it to have a therapy part. session after this. We're yes. going to talk through these things. Yes. yes. Can you add some violins to this part? <laughs> I think our listeners are going to come up with some good titles for this edition for oh, that yeah, free man. toilet paper. <laughs> well, you know, but the good turnout is that I, I was so grateful that I had finally had my guitar going because, you know, the stereo work, you had like a clean channel that, you know, I was just 24-7, man, just going out of practicing, watching videos. I was 12, so the internet wasn't like a huge thing. So I was just like watching like music videos. I was like, they put their fingers here. And then when I got here to the stage, you know, I was, you know, lucky enough that that's when YouTube came out. And, you know, by that time I was like 16, YouTube had just came out. So there were just all these uh, uh, instructional videos. So, man, I was I was just looking up videos, looking up videos, looking up tabs. Then after that, you know, moving a few years forward, you know, I was blessed enough to go for a short period of time to uh, to music academy. So I, I learned I learned some theory at that academy, and, and yeah, that's pretty much how I learned. Dan's right. We really are going to need therapy for both of you because <laughs> here Jess got bongos for Christmas instead of a drum set, and then Javier, your grandmother buys you an electric guitar. I can see the tension building already. <laughs> no, Dad, I wanted Stretch Armstrong for Christmas, not Fetch the Dog. <laughs> So, Red Calling, Jess, you were sharing with me that your band has a mission that goes beyond just creating quality music, and I, your music is amazing. The videos you guys have got, too, I want to ask about that in a few minutes also, but you go beyond just making music. You have a mission to reach out to people that are lost and hurting and dealing with addictions. Can you share with us that mission of Red Calling? Yeah, you know, metal, the metal world and the hard rock world. Even the rock and roll and, you know, the classic rock world, it's full of drug, drug addicts and suicide and, and, you know, negative messages and depression. So we, we, just, we just wanted to be different, you know, and, and bring some hope. We, we've had the chance to help some people, some friends. And, and we noticed um, once you're in that platform, which is, you know, being in a band and, and playing in theaters and venues, you have power, you have influence, and 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 you can change people's lives. You know, with 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 that in mind, we we started writing positive, you know, uh, lyrics, and of course, keeping the the metal vibe and you know the riffs, the heavy riffs, and all that. And we've seen so much people hurting. You know, um, I had a friend in Venezuela. She committed suicide. She shot herself with a shotgun and that that really impacted me and she was a very close friend and it's something that we want to keep doing and, and and you see a lot of you know dark stuff in this in this world we just want to be a, li a real little bit different and make a difference in people's yeah. lives you know one thing we always say as a band is man i'm i'm a metalhead i love angry music i love depressive music i love i love that like dude when i'm working out like you should see my my, my playlist, man. Like it's, it's it's just like angry music, right? But we just want to be when it comes to making music, we just want to be that band that is different. I mean, there's nothing wrong with you know with other bands making angry music. That's fine. I mean, we're we're friends with a lot of a lot of metal bands. We just wanted to be that one band that you know I can tell our audience, 
hey man, it's okay to be angry with, you know, listen to angry music, it's fine. But when you want something positive, we are here for you. Yeah. So so we just want to be that, that option that people will always have. You know, be like, hey, I, I want to listen to something very positive today. Hey, let me pop some right calling. You know, you know they, they, they'll be different. I, I did notice that when I've listened to you guys a couple of times, it was uh, uplifting is yeah. the way I'd call it. Because it was like, it was hard. It was beautiful. It, it was good production quality, everything about it. And I was getting into it and it it had this... In kind of uplifting, and I don't mean that in a cliche way. It really right. was. I appreciate it. There's that. an uplifting, I would say, ambiance to the music. There's yeah. an ambient. The electronic, I think, adds to that, to that. It gives it that lift that you guys have in the music. And I really appreciate what you're doing because when you talk about heavy music, when you talk about rock and roll, you know, I mean, you all probably remember or probably heard back in the 80s how moms were blaming Ozzy Osbourne's music for kids committing suicide. And then, of course, we had, yeah. the, you know, the Columbine uh, shooting incident at the high school here in Colorado back in the late 90s. And everybody blamed Marilyn Manson for that. He had nothing to do with that. You know, no, of course not. nothing to do with that at all. So what you guys are doing is you're taking a genre that has been kind of bastardized in a lot of ways yeah. and taking yeah. it and putting it and kind of restoring it really and you know to something that's positive and to combat something that is really a real issue i mean suicide is a huge huge issue it's so horrible um, yeah. yeah it's hideous i was just taking a look at some stats the other day and suicide rate since 1997 i believe it was is up by 33 percent just in the united states right now wow yeah that is horrible that's that's pretty bad horrible why do you guys think that is from your perspective as artists and musicians and with the interactions that you've had with people why do you think people are resorting to suicide especially youth these days man i think that social media is isolating a lot of a lot of people and dude, I love social media. I love my phone. I love, I freaking love technology. By no means I'm, I'm gonna be that guy. Well, social media is bad, but you know, we cannot hide the fact that you know some some teenagers are getting isolated by social media. Yeah. So when they really want to talk to someone, they got no, you know, they want no one to talk to because all social media is, for some people, is just just appearances. Yeah. You know how look yeah. they good? How, how look they gonna look? Uh, they're gonna look in the photo. How many likes they're gonna get? How many comments are, are they gonna hit? But when they need like real help, man, like they're struggling with something. It's not something that they're willing to share on social media. So since they have no interaction of any other kind, you know, then I cannot. Be, I cannot even begin to imagine how lonely people feel when they yeah. when all their interaction, like all their interaction that they have in their life, is through social media. Yes, that's like real connections, point. like real interactions with real human yeah. beings. That that's that's declining, and you get depressed. I mean, it, it's it's. I'm coming from a, a Spanish culture, and we are very familiar. We love to gather, you know, and and have dinner together. And I can tell you that's something that can change your life. I mean, human interaction, and and I think that's why people is getting very isolated now. I think yesterday feel. I think you know some people just feel very lonely. That's that, yeah. you know, that's the bottom line. And they got no. They feel like they got no one to talk to. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It's like under the guise of universal connectivity, twenty-four hours a day, people are actually being isolated. It's paradoxical. Isolated. Yeah. It, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is an irony. Yeah. That's a really good point, Javier. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. The lack of human human interaction in social media, it can drive you nuts. Uh, yeah. The things that you see posted there, 
it drives me crazy how somebody puts up a positive post and you can read the first couple comments on it. And it's like, hey, this is pretty cool. And then all of a sudden it turns into people just dissing each other. It gets really nasty, really. It could be the picture of a kitten, you know, and then yeah. all of a sudden everybody's dissing each other and it goes to that negative. I think what people believe is that they're hiding behind this wall of social media. They just say whatever they want. Glenn and I have talked about lately, um, what was it? One of the big movie uh, subscription. 13 Reasons. Yeah. The, oh, yes. Something coming yeah. out on Netflix or one of these, uh, you know, platforms. And it's unbelievably reckless. Like we talked about Marilyn Manson, talked about this. They're kind of glorifying. They are glorifying. They are glorifying suicide. suicide. Yes. Horrible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, they yeah. did a they did a study on that. Um the suicide rate the month afterwards of that show increased by twenty eight point nine percent. Oh yeah. Yes, it did. Is it did. there an yes. outcry? I I did not know that. It they even had they even had to record some announcements like you know telling guys that telling young people not to take things so seriously like like giving it some advice because it was it was in on the rise. It just goes to show how the devil through the print being the prince in power of the air just wants people dead. Yeah. yeah. Put that and and out same there. thing. Same thing with uh, mass shootings. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, all, all this hatred, all this craziness online, you know, on social media, and we actually have a song. If if you listen to the Hunter, that that's about uh, mass shootings, and it, it has to do with with the same issue with the uh, social media and isolation. That that's why we love our metal family, man. Like that's why we love going to shows because you get to meet people. You know, the the way we met you guys, man. You know that. Yeah. I, like, like, like I said at the beginning, man. Like, I love, I love social media, and I, I love creating content. You know, that's one of the things I do for a living. I create content for social media, but at the same time, man, we love going to to concerts because you know you get to interact with people. So, I don't know if you guys get this feeling, but when you, when you meet someone at, at a show, it's like we're family, man. Like we're yeah, we're just rockers, we're just metalheads, and you know, when we go to a show, it feels it feels like, or, or when we're playing a show, it feels like everybody's family. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> My wife got to experience that for the first time that I took her down there to that show because there were people that were at that show that have been touched by this podcast that knew me through the podcast and had met me at other shows. And she was just blown away by people just coming up and talking to us. And she had no idea of the awesome. connectivity that, that happens at those. And that's one of the things that I really appreciate about those is everybody's just real and they connect and it's a really good time. And I was thinking about it today. I don't think, and maybe she does think about it. You think about Charlotte who is on stage, Annika and the guys from Amorphous, they had no idea of the connections that were being made at their show that they put together. The positive yeah. connections that were going mm -hmm. on. You know, yeah, we're gonna come in and we're gonna do a show in Tampa. I don't know if they just see that aspect of it or maybe if they'd even get to hear of what was going on there because there was just so much going on down on the floor uh, with yeah. us there. You know, I was there, Deb, my wife Deb was there, our friend Joey Pike from the band Amorous was there, Orlando and Carla from Armor of God, and we were just having a good old time for ourselves down there. It's like the nicest group of people wearing black t-shirts you'll ever meet. <laughs> it's like you come up and you think you're going to a metal show and like everybody's going to be like, hey, hey. <laughs> like they're, you're going to get yeah, shipped in line or something. We people looking at us funny. Yeah, no, and then I remember the first metal show that I went because I've liked rock and I was like Radiohead, stuff like that, Pearl Jam. I was kind of into grunge, all 
that stuff. So I'd been to different shows, but when I first started going to metal shows with Glenn, I was like, I didn't know quite what to expect. And they were the most lovable, nice, genuine people. It was just a whole lot of black t-shirts, you know. Yeah, that's what I like a lot. That's what I love about metalheads. They're real. I mean, you can get to meet like really dark people, you know, and crazy people, but they're they're real, and I, I love that. You know, that that that's the greatest thing about the hard rock and metal community. So in other words, there's no BSing metal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's yeah. good. Yeah, you're right. The song that you guys have, Your Lies, I really like that song. I think it's very appropriate for the time that we're living in because there's so much noise out there that's not true and it's very hard to filter through. And a lot of people don't realize the effect that lies have on people's mm -hmm. psyche, on their mind. Man, I'll never forget. I need therapy now too, Dan. Okay. I need therapy. Maybe you guys can help me. I will never forget the morning that my parents sat me down and I was eating a bowl of mini wheats. And they said, Glenn, we have something we need to, to tell you. I'm like, okay. And they told me that Santa Claus wasn't real. Oh. Oh, man. And I started Aww. to cry. And then I was like, well, what about the Easter bunny? I was hoping there was a glimmer of hope that at least <laughs> the Easter Bunny was still real. And they're like, no, the Easter Bunny and not even the Tooth Fairy. And I was crushed. Oh, I was I was crushed man. because I had, you know, I, I still like Santa Claus. He's a cool dude. You I'm know? the only one without a story. I'm feeling too sane of mind <laughs> By here. The time, I need to show some incivility, so, get a little attention. <laughs> welcome to Dr. Wait. Dan. <laughs> dude, as, as long as I didn't tell you, by the way, happy 18th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. He snuck right up on you. He Glenn. did. You left yourself open with Javier. I did. But... <laughs> Yeah, those were untruths that were supposed to be fun, but it affected me as a, as a child at that time. And I I'm didn't not, know that, Glenn. You never... <laughs> dude, uh, when we get done to shut down, I'm just going to go sit on the couch downstairs and... Yeah, think you, about life for Think a about life and, yeah, and do that. But lies... Hey, they, it's okay to cry. Yeah. <laughs> Real men cry. There yeah. we go. Yeah. I could have come up with a story. <laughs> So the song, Your Lies, can you tell us about how that song came about and what it is that you'd like the listener to get from that song? That's one of the first songs I ever wrote. The song is, the lyrics are very confrontational. So you're pretty much, it was, it was pretty much me confronting that person or thing that had been lying to me. So it's not like that, I, that I'm complaining about people lying because, you know, people will lie no matter what. You know, situations that rule over your life will lie. So, so that song is is about just be like, hey man, I, I'm taking enough of your life, so I'm I'm confronting you right now. So, what whatever that looks like to you, I think, you know, at at some point, whatever whatever that big lie in your eye in your life is, you gotta you you know stand up and confront it. Yeah. And be like, hey man, I'm not I'm not taking it anymore. So for some people might be I don't know, for some people might be uh um. Our enemy. Some people might be their job. So for some people, man, it may, it may not in our case, but for some people might even be a family member. So I encourage everybody, whatever that, when somebody knows, when you know somebody that is affecting you by lying, just, just confront it. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much what the song is about. Mom and dad, no. <laughs> they lied. They lied. And it, yeah. And, and for me, when I sing it, for me, when I sing it, because he's the one who wrote it. It does have like a spiritual um, 
connotation, like um, singing against our enemy. Yes. Against our, all of those voices that are trying to, you know, get in your head. And I think that's a way to, you know, fight back like negative thinking and and negative thoughts. And, you know, for me, it's a very spiritual song. That negativity and the lies, they wear you down. Uh, they, yeah. they grind you. And I think that might be a contributing factor to why people resort to pharmaceuticals or they contemplate suicide because of all the negativity that's in the world right now too. And yes. What is yeah. truth? You know, it's very hard to define, you know, what is truth? Who do I, who do I trust? That's, we're looking for somebody to trust. And a lot of times the people that we think that we trust, they turn out to be people that we can't trust. Yeah. yeah. Disappointments and lies. Some bites into veins 
I've found my childhood trauma. What's I, your, I, what is it? <laughs> all right. It's uh, Christmas morning, 1975. I'm four, 19, yeah, four years old. Okay. And my mom is divvying up the presents. All the kids are around, right? And she was like, oh, this one's for you, Daniel. And I'm like, oh, man, this is my present. And she accidentally got my oldest sister's first training bra <laughs> confused with my present. <laughs> and so I opened up the present. I'm like, yeah, yeah, what is it? And even at the age of four, I have four sisters, you know, so I've been I've grown up around women. I open it up and I pull it out and I go, a bra and I threw it across the room and the whole family died laughing and I've never been normal since my eye is twitching even even um, talking about the moment I, did, I had that repressed memory that you know. is there anybody on this podcast today that's sane <laughs> no it's off the rails I win the toilet paper oh, yes you win you take the prize, man. You're yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear anything about bongos or. I didn't have a cable, you know. No. Oh my god. I got a bra. Brazier. Well, as long as you didn't keep it. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have some I things to confess. <laughs> I had. I had to ask. <laughs> no, all good. Standard T-shirt. Oh my god, that's funny. After I met you guys in Tampa, shortly after you were involved in a pretty bad car wreck, what were some things that God shared with you and showed you going through that? Because that was not a small. That was a, that was a pretty big deal. Well, for me, is that His uh, divine protection is is always you know there, and especially when you're driving on a highway, and a guy that's speeding at 120 miles hit you in the back and you start spinning and you hit the concrete wall and then you keep on spinning and then you end up on the on the on the curve on the right side and no car or no truck hits you i mean that's and I, i'm i'm like i of course i had some some injuries but i'm alive you know i was alive and then learning i was pregnant before i getting the x-rays done wow so it, it's definitely i've seen God's hand many times in my life, but but this one it's like okay, you are amazing, you know, you are great. That's miraculous, wow. Jess. Yes, it is. It is. That is miraculous. Yeah, it was... it, it's crazy, and then and then not only that, I mean, because he hit me uh, at, at that speed, and then he hit Javier, who was driving in front of me. He was driving a truck with the instruments because we, we were we were coming back from a show. It was six thirty a.m. And uh, and then he hit a third car that he was in front of Javier, and then he hit the concrete wall because of course he was speeding like a like a like a crazy guy. And I don't know, he he was alive as well, but I think he was really um, injured. Um, but it, it's amazing. Wow. I'm very yeah. grateful. Yeah. And from what I understand, it was while you were having the X-rays that you discovered that. You've got a new band member on the way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Before having it, because they ask, they usually ask you, a, you know, a bunch of uh, questions about about your medical history, surgeries, and all that, and they ask you if there's a chance that, you know, is there a chance you're pregnant? Because this is really bad for the for the baby. Uh, and we were looking for a baby for a while, 
I got the the test. I actually got two different tests, and both of them came out positive. So that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I'm five months now. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Yeah. Man. yeah, man, we're having a baby girl. Yeah, we're oh, having yeah. a baby girl. Now. It's gonna be a baby girl. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. And what instrument is baby girl gonna play? Bongos. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> oh, no. No, man. She, she's going to have to earn those instruments, man. Yeah. <laughs> Same way we did. Just make sure she gets what she asks for for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. We need I to. Know. No more therapy sessions. <laughs> no more trauma. No, no electric guitar without an amp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like getting a record play with no records to play here. You know? I know. Oh, That's uh, Here's your no, present. Man. The whole thing was crazy because it's like something bad happened because, you know, we, lo we lost both of our cars. We were injured, like my neck still hurt. But, you know, God is good because, you know, in the midst of that, then we learned about this very wonderful news, man. So... So it, it was like going from something very negative that happened to us, you know, all the way to something very, very positive, and you know, we're very blessed. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm very happy for both of you. It's going to be a wonderful experience. Just don't buy a diaper, Genie. I hate those things. <laughs> <laughs> no, no diaper genies. No. <laughs> Dan, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, we we never had one. You I, didn't have a diaper no, genie? Good. So. Don't don't buy it. It's disgusting. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it sounds disgusting. Yeah, it is. Oh. <laughs> Boy, from toilet paper to diaper genies, where where are our minds today? So it's, I mean, it's been a really big year for you guys. You also have a new single coming out this month in April. Can you tell us yeah. what we're going to be expecting from that? Yeah, there's a, there's a video coming out as well. We're releasing a, a video same day. We're gonna, you're gonna love the story. It's a very, we usually uh, do like performances videos, but this one has a story which I love. And um, Javier did a lot of the pre-production work and production work and uh, we work with uh, this guy he's an amazing um, filmmaker and uh, we're very excited about it you know uh, the single is called I had it all well Javier you wrote it you can tell him about the lyrics no and all that. I'm not gonna ruin the surprise <laughs> <laughs> we can keep it a surprise when what is the date that it's gonna be released what day is it coming out oh that's right that's right man so for the people of the future <laughs> <laughs> no man it was I think people are gonna like this song it's it's very different for us we didn't want to repeat you know the same style that we had and we had a great time working with um, his name is Thomas Crane he has this company called Kill Devil Films, and he's just an amazing video producer. He was able to capture our idea. I cannot wait for you guys to see the video. He was able to cap, you know, capture that idea that we had, and you know, executed that, you know, it's exactly the way that the song is intended. So I think, I think people are gonna really like this video. Yeah, and, and it's April twenty fourth. April twenty fourth. Yes, April twenty fourth. For... I think it's a Friday. Yeah. It's okay. Friday night. Yeah. Okay. For our listeners, what I'll do is I'll take that video and post it for them so that they can see it on our social media. We'll repost it on our social media sites as well so that they can see it. Cool. Your videos, even the performance ones that you guys have done are stunning. I mean, they're just really professionally done. 
how did you come across that? I know that's not Javier with a camcorder, the VHS C or a, <laughs> the Super 8, you know, making a home video. Uh, how, did, how did you come across these gifted video producers to, to get these done? Well, he's not going to tell you, but he's got a lot to do with, uh, as, I, as I say, with uh, pre-production. Uh, the stories, you know, the, the camera angles and all that. He's got a lot to do with that. And, of course, we have this guy. He's very talented, and he's able to materialize whatever we're ha we have. he had in his mind. And we, yeah. we contribute with some ideas, too. And, uh, but I, I got to give him credit. You know, Javier is really talented in that. that that's his, uh, uh, one of his talents as a video producer. And, and we got the chance to work with this guy who, who really uh, made it real for us. Yeah, man. Like for our, for our regular videos that you see us posting, you know, that's that, that's us just having fun at the studio with the camera and, and you know, just being ourselves for our music videos. Man, uh, this guy, really look him up and Kill Devil Films, he's, he like I said, he, for music videos, man, he's, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we might have some other artists that we work with that would be interested in, in looking into that as well because the video aspect, I was one of those, I was fascinated with MTV when I was growing up. I think we all were. We were all just fast because I'm like, oh, wow, I can see what they're trying to convey. And there were some videos that was like spot on. It's like, OK, yeah, that's what I was envisioning. And then other ones were like, yeah, that ain't even close to what I was envisioning for that song or didn't even match up to it. And some of them just didn't make any sense. Or at the time you thought, this is awesome. And then you go back and it's, my her name is Rio. And you're like, that's kind of a cheap But I was so into that when I was in the fifth grade. You know? Dan, to show our age, I turned on PBS the other night and they were doing the telethon. Yeah. And it was Duran Duran live on PBS oh, yeah. to raise okay. funds for. Oh, I love Duran. Nice. I love them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were a big deal. They were. They were very innovative uh, for the time. Their music. They were. Yes. They weren't pop, and they weren't quite rock. They were kind of somewhere in the middle. And they successfully mm -hmm. pulled off a comeback. They really did. And because I yeah. was like, almost kind of was like Duran Duran. That I mean, when they were trying to come back later on, and they, they did it, they pulled it off. They did. So Jess, in the '90s, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. You were a, you were a Duran Duran fan, Jess? Oh yeah, I loved them. Yes. Would you agree with me that their B sides that were never played on the radio were actually better than the A stuff? Well, yeah, some of them, of course. But of course, you you, you got to consider, you know, it's mainstream music, and you know, it's like not everybody has the the, the musical uh, ability to you know, appreciate arrangements and stuff, you know. So it's it's. But you, I agree. I do agree. All of my kids like Duran. Do they? Yeah. They Do like they? all kind of 80s, 90s music. Yeah. yeah, they're amazing. Nick Rhodes on the keyboards is the man. I mean, that was that was my thing. I wanted to be like Nick Rhodes when I was 13. <laughs> I really do need therapy, don't yeah, I? Yeah, I'm going to go rethink my life. <laughs> so for our listeners, for the month of April, Red Calling is our prophetic artist of the month, which means we're going to feature you um, not just Thank on this you. podcast, but also on our social media sites. Where can our listeners get some Red Calling merch? You guys got some cool merch. You got dog tags, wristbands, albums, T-shirts. Yeah. Where can they get it? How can they get it? How can they get your music and how can they support you? Well, they can, they can go to our website, uh, redcallingmusic.com. That's where they can get all of our merch. Or they can come to a show and say hello and buy it from us. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, but we'll be playing live probably by fall, late fall this year yeah. after we have the baby. Yeah. Okay. In the meantime, yeah, it's redcallingmusic.com. Do you guys website. have some dates and venues set up yet? No, not yet. Okay. Not yet. No, no. right now, well, you know, it, it, it's funny how things work because we were, we were, um, we had just done playing a leg of, of, of a lot of shows and then the accident happened, right? So we couldn't play the last two shows out of the whole, out of the whole leg. So the, the the original plan was write you know write music. So so that's how God works, man. Like we're having this baby as we're writing music. So it was a good thing because we couldn't play shows anymore. But you know we're ready to uh, once we we record the music, the re recording, then you know we'll be we'll be ready to and take more more shows. Yeah, we're about to uh, we uh, we have uh, we already have like four five songs. So we're thinking about releasing an EP probably by mid year, probably by summer. Uh, we recorded two songs and we we have three more ready to to record. So an EP is one of the the things that we have on the works now. God's timing is perfect with everything, isn't it? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. And now we with all this craziness of uh, coronavirus, of bands <laughs> canceling concerts, and you know, it's it's like okay, I think we. I, I was pregnant at the right time, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> big know? time. Really? Yeah, God's well, sovereignty. Well, well, you know, Coachella, Coachella Festival was canceled, yeah. and there's a bunch of concerts that that were canceled. Welcome to Rockville, Hassan. Welcome to Rockville. Like, I, I, man, we love, we love. Welcome to Rockville, that festival. And oh, they're, yeah. They're not. Yeah, they're, they haven't canceled yet. <laughs> they're still on, right? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen anything. Yeah, that's in Jacksonville. That's in Jacksonville, yeah. Florida. Yeah. And when is that one scheduled right now? That's May. I think it's early May. Yeah, you because you guys were telling me about that while we were. Uh, while we were waiting in line for the show, you were telling me about yeah, that. and Metallica, Metallica was supposed to play two dates uh, on that show, like Friday and Saturday, something wow. like that. I don't know why he, they were scheduled to play two days in a row, but yeah, that was the plan. Well, hopefully, this thing will get over soon, and people can get toilet paper again and go to metal shows. That's the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> first world problem. <laughs> the biggest problems from Corona right now. <laughs> Lack of toilet paper and metal show is not going on, um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, but it's all in it's all in God's timing, and it gives you time to be ready for baby to come. That's gonna that's gonna change things. It really is. Yeah, I know. I went through that four times over, and Dan, you went through that what three, three times. times over? So it's called perma oh, yeah, permagrin. That's, yeah. that's amazing. You have nice. four kids. I didn't know. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So it's it's enjoyable, and you're gonna see. A whole lot, the whole world through a different perspective once you have children. Yeah. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. It, it is. is. Well, guys, thank you so much yeah, for being on. We've had a good time. We're going to have to do this again sometime. And for our listeners, uh, Red Calling, check out their music, new single coming out, new video coming out April 24th. And if you've got questions for us, and if you've got that title for this ep- edition, reach out to us at lithoscry, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y at gmail.com. People will rock out. And peace on, or peace on, and rock out, or whatever you're gonna do. <laughs> you really botched that. Yeah, but that's, okay. that's okay. <laughs> Lithoscry.com.